everyone, and welcome to episode 290 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. I am joined, as often, by Scott Coleman. Scott, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's not the way that we all wanted to celebrate or discuss baseball or non-baseball on the podcast, but how are you, my friend? Hey, Brad. Yeah, good to talk with you. As you said, this was not what you or I planned on in, in the very least when we started thinking about the podcast <clears throat> this holiday weekend, but man, there's a, a lot to get into here, and uh, and and we'll get through it. We've never we've done a whole lot of podcasts before, but we have never really done one as focused as this. Yeah. So obviously, people who listen to this podcast will certainly know uh, at least some of the details. But Marcelo Zuna was arrested on Saturday and charged with aggravated assault by strangulation and family violence, according to jail records. He was held without bond in Fulton County on Saturday evening. And then there were some details that emerged. I'll just kind of go through them now, just for recordkeeping's sake, uh, that came out of the police report initially at 12.26 p.m. Eastern Time, local here. A 911 caller requested um, that officers go to the Windsor Cove home of Marcelo Zuna due to an assault in progress, according to the police report. And the sergeant that responded um, basically said that they were hearing screaming from inside the house and the front door was open. I'm going to read a quote now from the statement that went out from Sandy Springs, I believe it was. Um, Officers entered the residence through the open door and witnessed the suspect grabbing the victim by the neck and throwing her against the wall. Officers were able to immediately take the suspect into custody without further incident. In addition to the strangulation attempts, the suspect also struck the victim with his arm, which has a cast from a previous injury, end quote. Obviously, Osuna has the cast. He's hurt right now, because that was actually on a a rundown initially, Scott, was the injury stuff, which no longer matters. Um... Mm. Then an affidavit came out on Sunday that also added that Ozuna uh, reportedly or at least allegedly threatened to kill his wife, and she called 911 from his phone during the incident. Um, I, I'll just mention that a year ago, I think to the day, Marcel's wife was arrested for domestic violence, so there's a little bit of history here. Obviously, nothing quite to this level. And uh, I'll just say this before we get to the team statement and everything else. This is obviously horrible. Uh, we will... Uh, probably say that multiple times, but horrible allegations. And because a lot of this was at least uh, reportedly witnessed, it's even, you know, it's not even like a situation where there's a lot of gray area. It seems because officers seemingly saw a lot of this, which is uh, even, you know, even more cut and dry. It seems Um, before I, uh, let's just do the team statement. Now, this is what the team said on Saturday before I bring Scott back in here. Uh, from the team, and I'm quoting, we learned of Marcelo Zuna's arrest earlier this evening and immediately informed the commissioner's office the Braves fully support Major League Baseball's policy on domestic violence, which stresses to the fullest that our society cannot and will not tolerate domestic violence in any form. Until the investigation is completed, we will have no further comment, and all inquiries into the matter should be referred to the office of the commissioner. End quote. Brian Snicker also deferred to that statement as well. So, um, again, this is awful. Everyone knows that, I hope, but uh, a terrible, terrible thing. Scott, uh, I mean, where do we even go from here? I guess there's like, yeah. lots, lots of fallout, but uh, if true, I, I will leave with this. If true, I think, you know, go beyond baseball. Marcelo Zuna should be in prison if this is true. That's, uh, I guess that's an opinion of mine, but uh, I think it's pretty cut and dry that he uh, broke the law pretty severely if this is true, and that means you should be punished for that. Yeah, I mean, when I read the details earlier today i mean my, my jaw literally dropped um you know it's it's interesting because at the end of the day these are human beings just like you and i and yes we see them on the television every night or on the field or wherever it may be 
and uh, we find joy. I, I, I personally, like so many others, find an escape with sports from, you know, the trials and tribulations of real life, right? That That's nothing new. And you, you really just, you don't know who these these people are when they're not on the diamond. And um, they are horrifying details. Um, I, I could not believe reading through the affidavit what was said and the fact that there were officers there who witnessed this. Um, I think takes out any gray area that there might have been. Of course, yesterday we knew of the charges, but we really did not know any of the specifics of, of what happened. And um, by by numerous accounts, this is a very bad and toxic atmosphere at their home. Um, and now there is going to be a, a very ugly and very lengthy legal proceeding with all of this. And of course, there are many, many layers to get to, but just a, a very unfortunate and horrible situation all the way around. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, and again, because of the witnesses, like it's it's hard for me to see a scenario where this is just not true. <laughs> I can't see that happen. I mean, I guess we could just try to be, uh, you know, try to leave the door open a little bit if you want to just because we, we weren't there. But man, uh, it you know, the way this was played out by the officers responding and all that, the fact that he was arrested, and, uh, something horrible happened here, almost certainly. So... The investigation is going to be ongoing. It's already started. Uh, technically, right now, he is not suspended. Um, but he is hurt, of course. In fact, you know, the, Haw the Hawks, the Braves were on the road this weekend. But because he is hurt and got hurt this week, he was home, which is how this happened. That, I actually had to remember that in my brain when I saw this. I was like, wait, aren't the Braves on the road? And then I realized, oh, he's injured. That's why he's home. Um, so all that is to say, he, he is not suspended at this moment, but he's not with the team. The Braves... We'll get into like kind of the what now of this all. Um, they could release him. I've seen some people ask for that and call for that. And I totally understand because, again, this is deplorable action and you don't want to be associated with that whatsoever. But it seems likely based on precedent, both from the Braves and other organizations, that they'll probably just wait for the um, investigation to be winding down. And also there's the contractual element of this, which I know is not the most important thing in the world, but I'm sure there will be uh, all kinds of battling about the money. Uh, this is now my opinion. We're going to my opinion now. I will be surprised if Marcelo is going to play for the Braves again. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I think so. I I would be, I don't think the door is closed forever. Because, Agreed. I mean, uh, frankly, surprised. in baseball and in really all professional sports, but especially baseball, there are, there are high profile players who have extensive histories with, with domestic violence and they have continued to play. Yep. Um, I don't think it is impossible that Marcel never plays for the Braves again. But yes, as of you know, recording this on Memorial Day weekend, I would be very surprised if he played another game in Atlanta. Um, does that mean he is traded? Is he released? Is he suspended? For, you know, does baseball make an example out of him and suspend him for a long time? I know there are some protocols there as well with their agreement with the MLBPA. But yes, I, I would lean towards he has played his final game with the Braves. Yeah, there's all kinds. Of, we're not experts on this. So I'm not going to try to act like I am one on the uh, domestic violence policy. I did a little research about what's happened with certain players. You know, Rolls Chapman is the most famous player that's been caught up in this, um, in, in that policy in the past. But he's, he's of course, still playing. Um, I will say none of the details that I could find or that I, that I saw were quite as graphic and uh, also witnessed in the way that this is for Marcel. So I wonder if his suspension that almost certainly will be coming will be uh, quite lengthy. 
Um, but we, we just we just don't know. So we could guess all day long. You know, the Braves had one, um, I guess, tangential example of this with Hector Oliveira, in which he was suspended, and they traded him, and they also had to pay, uh, if not all of his contract, most of that contract, if I recall correctly. But he never played for the Braves again. Um, that, you know, obviously it's a little bit different. He's not the same kind of profile player, which unfortunately matters. Um, you know, you, I, I would argue that it probably shouldn't, but it almost certainly does. And also, this is a brand new contract, and Liberty Media, you know, they, again, they could cut him right now. Uh, that is something that could, they could do. They could, they could go out right now and say, you know what, we are done with you. We'll even pay you to go away, and we'll cut you right now. I guess that probably doesn't happen. Um, and because they deferred to the, um, to the investigation, I think this is not going to be a quick resolution. Um, so kind of yeah. we'll update it as we get any updates, but this also might, might might be a case where we don't get a lot of updates. Um, he's away from the team now, again, not suspended. But, uh, you know, I would guess the suspension will come at some point. That's about as confident as I am on anything. But I have no idea when or how long or what the fallout will be here. It's all crazy that we're even discussing this. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say one more thing and let you uh, also give your final if you'd like to before we talk about some other things. Um, the Braves are in a very interesting spot here organizationally. Um, they have been tight with Bobby Cox, um, who is a Hall of Famer, but also has a domestic violence incident on his resume in 1995. Um, there's a statue outside the stadium of Bobby Cox, which is unfortunate. Um, also, they're still inclusive Andrew Jones, who has a domestic violence incident as well. Uh, Bobby's came while he was still managing the team. Andrew's was after he left the team. And honestly, I am guilty of this before. I've admitted this before, but I didn't make a big, a big enough deal out of this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the Andrew Jones-driven episode talking about his baseball stuff. That I wish I hadn't done that now, honestly. And because of the way that it happened, it kind of just slipped by me as something to really consider until I think I'm, I'm grateful for people around that have kind of put that in back into the forefront a little bit that that happened. And that's obviously awful, but the Braves have also been really uh, inclusive of him as well. So I don't know what they're going to do here. I don't know what their organizational mandate is. They kind of you know gave a pretty, pretty standard statement. But also in that statement, they say uh, plainly, as they should, but still uh, about just the fact that domestic violence in its form will not be tolerated. It's kind of a duality there. I'm not going to tell you what, what they have to do, but there is a little bit of conflict of interest with how they have handled things in the past. It's, a di it's different people in the organization for sure, um, yeah. but that's definitely going to be a talking point, And I think it should be, especially if they don't handle this the way they should handle this. Yeah, you know, to touch on your point about what comes next with Ozuna. You're absolutely right that, you know, for those who wanted him released as of, you know, seven o'clock last night, like I get that. I don't, I, I don't blame you at all, by the way. I don't. Yep. I do too. I, I agree with that point. I, I frankly never want to have to cheer for the guy again. Correct. Right. Agreed. What he did is, is inexcusable. No matter what the situation you, you cannot do that. Um, just like so many other situations, though, th this is going to take a while to play out. Um, it is unique in the fact that because Marcel is out through in terms of just a pure health and baseball ability, he's he's out until probably the all star break or so. Of course, we were talking we were going to talk about his injury and, and uh, those steps. And, and realistically, we're probably looking at middle of July, maybe late July before he is able to resume playing if if none of this happened um because of that i think this is kind of an, there's interesting elements to this um and just as we have seen even with uh mickey calloway this past week and all of his sexual harassment um accusations you know, they have to because of contracts and, and just 
the legality of it all. They have to let the process play out a little bit. So far, the Braves have done what they need to do. They have obviously removed all of his merchandise from the team store. Uh, They have removed, I think he had two different promotions coming up here in the next two months. Uh, Those, of course, have been removed from the promotional schedule. So uh, while there's certainly a a very strong argument, yes, you cut him right here and now and you don't do anything else. um, I I do think there is a there's an obvious process that has to play out at least a little bit here before you can make a more of a definitive decision. Yeah, and you know, I would say for better or worse, and mostly worse, the fact that he's in year one of the contract plays in here. Um, you know, if he was in a, if he was on an expiring deal, they might be more aggressive in just oh, yeah. sending him yeah. home forever. But because mm-hmm. he just signed a four year deal worth sixty five million dollars, uh, they may not want to. Uh, they might, uh, you know, again, this is not the biggest point on any of this stuff. But they may not want to just pay that out in full if they think that they have a good case to not have to pay it. And honestly, there is a chance, based on the information we have, that Marcelo Ozuna goes to prison. I, I know this is not something that usually happens. You know, athletes often have the best defense possible. They're very rich, and there's favorable treatment as a result of that. But when you're, um, again, allegedly um, viewed doing doing some of these things, like there is a chance he goes to jail. And then you got different things that happen from there and contract stuff that we're not experts in. But yeah, and to your point quickly about the, the the sort of buffer zone here, because he is out, it actually makes it a little bit easier on the Braves for the next month plus. Um, if he was not injured and this happened, they'd have to kind of make a more decisive action because you you can't put him on the field. Like, it, it, so a small a small thing for the Braves, they don't have to make that decision right now. But when he is back and he will be healthy at some point, if he's not in jail. Um, they will have to like do something. They have to make a league action. Like there's a restricted list, or um, they could do whatever they have to do, or the league or the league can. But because they don't have to do that right now, they just kind of haven't done anything other than the investigation is ongoing. So I don't know, man. This is awful. I feel like we uh, are not the best people to talk about this overall. But uh, I know we're both mortified by it. Uh, we don't want to root for Ozuna, and I mean. I know we've been very high on Ozuna on this podcast. And I hate I hate that because uh, you know this is this is not something that anybody can defend. Uh, so yeah. we'll leave we'll leave that now. Unless you have any final thoughts on Ozuna no. right now, Scott, we can we can leave it for now. But um, yeah, we'll come back with any updates. But for now, it's just a it's a horrible time. I wish the best for the family and hope she's okay. Um, and the legal process goes from here. Yeah, I mean it really is. It's it's from a baseball perspective, it's bad. From an off-the-field perspective, it is horrific. Um, yeah, we, we will see what happens, but just a, a very, very unfortunate situation all the way around. It is awful. All right, before uh, we get to a couple other things on the podcast today, we'll break now to hear from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Scott, um, you and I talked before we started recording. We are not going to do any, like, game coverage this week. There were only three games. It was a bizarre We Even before the Ozuna thing happened, it was a bizarre week between the injuries and the updates that were happening there and a couple of rainouts and two off days. And uh, I have no desire to go through the blow-by-blow of what transpired. So the Braves went one and two this week. There you go. Um, you had the idea to do this, and we should. Also, Demetrius Bell, Shots Demetrius, wrote about the sort of the season from hell for the Braves on the site We'll do that a bit now, just to recap how ugly this has been, because, you know, we do cover baseball. Again, I'll just say this plainly, this is a lot less important than what happened with Marcelo Zuna. That just has to be said out loud. But um, the baseball stuff's not been good this year, man. It's been uh, it's been bad mm-hmm. from injuries to performance all the way around. Uh, you made this list, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to read it, uh, <laughs> of all of the nightmarish things that have happened in uh, less than two months of this season. Yeah, I mean, that's the craziest thing here. We have, like, the Braves are two months into the season, and we have had more bad news in two months than we've gotten in entire years before. Um, you know, the Ozuna thing was, was of course, the absolute tip of the iceberg. But, man, you think about where we've been over the last eight weeks. Um, I will say this. The season, by by no means, it, it is not over. Right. We still have 100 games to play uh, while things have gone poorly the first two months. And there are many hurdles to clear to to get back to what the Braves have done the last three years as division champions. Uh, There are a lot of hurdles to clear. And as the calendar flips to June and we get to Memorial Day, uh, it is no longer early. And we can go, of course, line by line of all the things we've we've gotten to. But I think that's just one thing worth noting, you know, we are to the point in the season where I think we, we generally know who teams are. We don't have the, the caveat of, well, yeah, this is happening, but we're four weeks into the season. Um, you know, all year long and Brad, you of course have seen this and are, are local. I don't, I don't know your feelings, but um, all year long, the, the reporters around this team have said that things just feel off. Yeah. It's and it, maybe it's hard to pinpoint because of course we're still doing the zoom interviews with players and, and reporters are not able to get as much access and aren't able to see and hear things like they usually do. But all year long, it, it just feels like something has been off. I don't know. You know, you can blame it on a postseason hangover, but I mean, the other three teams that made it to the championship round, uh, they're not struggling. Um, I know there's been some injuries, but injuries are up across the league right now. I don't know what it is, man. It's it's just been a weird year, and I know they've had some underperformance and some injuries, but all year long, or at least through the first two months, it's been hard to really get any kind of read on this team. 
Yeah, I, the the beat writers have said the same thing, and I'm not I'm not in the Zoom every day. I know I know Chris Willis is. Uh, by the way, congrats to Chris, who's now a uh, now a full timer at Vox and SB Nation, as he announced this week. So shouts to Chris, legend. Um, yeah, it's it's just been a kind of a mess. I mean, maybe it is a hangover from losing a three one lead in, the, in LCS. I mean, that's obviously too much narrative for me. I can't like actually say that with a straight face, but I guess it's possible. But you know, things are just kind of broken wrong. Like it's almost easier to name the things that have gone well this year uh, it's basically Ronald Acuna and Austin Riley and Austin Riley also had a terrible start and then just got as hot as possibly could be so um I guess one of those was spurred on by you and your negativity Scott so thank you for that there we go um but no I it, save my you, Twitter account saves careers Brad yeah, that's, what, that's my new bio apparently that's uh something I do on the Hawks but yeah man it's it's just been it's been pretty brutal so I guess I'll, we can run through the, the things that have happened quickly uh We'll save Mike Soroka for the end because there's an update on that, on that this week. But Travis Darno, which people have kind of forgot about, Travis Darno broke his thumb and he was a Silver Slugger Award winner last year. Um, Travis Darno was awesome in 2020, and this year he's been bad and then hurt. Um, Waskar Yanoa punches a bench during his breakout season, and he's going to be out for a long time. Uh, Christian Pache has been awful and hurt. Um, obviously, Ozuna was playing poorly and now has this. The bullpen's yeah. been pretty bad. And to your point earlier, you know, it's no, it's no longer early. Like Memorial Day is, is the day that people talk about things sort of checking the stands. That's kind of one of the old adages is like check the stands on, on Memorial Day. Well, we're at Memorial Day now and yeah. the Braves are uh, not playing very well. Uh, I can't remember who I stole this from. Somebody tweeted this out, but it's uh, kind of the, the ebb and flow of the season. They, they lose four in a row to open the year. They get back to four. In, they, they get back to four and four. Then they lose four in a row again. Then they, they even it up at 12 and 12. They lose four in a row again. They get back to 500 at 17 and 17. They lose three in a row. They finally get back to 500 again this week at 24 and 24. Then they lose two in a row, have two rainouts, and all of the other things that happened. Yeah. So I'm glad you said earlier that it's not over because it's not. I mean, even a generous reading, like the Braves are in second place in the National League East somehow after all that we just said. So it's not like it's completely lost, but it's uh, a bit about as little fun as anyone could have covering the team because yeah. it's different when you're bad. Like when you're supposed to be bad, like during those times when we started the podcast, you're, you're reading on prospects and minor league guys and you're realistic about what's going to be happening. But when you're supposed to be good and you're not and everything goes wrong, it's just, it's a nightmare. No one has fun. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, I think that's, that's probably the synopsis of the season so far is it has not been fun. Um, there's been some really tough losses and again, all lo losses count the same, but there's something to be said for when you just have a bad night and lose nine to nothing first. It's, it's felt like groundhog's day. We've talked about that on this podcast, that it feels like all of the losses this season have felt pretty similar in a sense of just, you know, well, four or three game Braves are up late. And then all of a sudden the bullpen lets one get away and then a wild pitch. And before you know it, the Braves have lost. Um, it has been a, a frustrating season. And then, you know, you throw in this off the field matter with Marcel. Um, it, it just it's just been a really tough first two months and it is not over. The good news is, you know, this is not a situation by any means where they're down. You know, they're already back 10 games in the division. Uh, the Mets have issues of their own they have injuries uh that you know they are not a team that's going to be impossible to catch and the nationals and the phillies and the marlins by no means are are not unbeatable either 
But at some point, this team has to figure it out a little bit. And with all of these injuries that we just listed off and inevitable suspension with uh, in Ozuna's case, um, they are going to really have to dig deep and find something because I, I just I just honestly don't know as this roster currently sits, I just don't know if there's enough there right now. Well, that's, and, I was going to say that too, like yeah. not to, not to cut you off, but I, we should just, I should have said this earlier just to mention it. But if we knew the current roster was the roster, no one picks the Braves to win the division this year. You know what I mean? Like if you, yep. if you remove Mike Soroka, oh, sure. Mike Soroka, Travis Darno, and Marcelo Zuno, we'll just, we'll just say those three, take yep. them, take them off the roster with no like high dollar replacements no one's picking the Braves to win the division this year, I don't think. And if they did, it would, it would have been a close race. Now they have those guys are gone for the most part, and they're three and a half games back. So, you know, again, no one's saying it's over, but it's not a good situation to be in because they don't have – I mean, maybe they could go out and buy at the deadline or whatever, but uh, the roster as constructed, yes, they still have stars. They still have Ronald Acuna, who might be the best, best player in baseball. They have Freddie Freeman, and they have, they have guys. But it's not a situation where – you know, if the Dodgers are five games back right now, you look at the roster and they're just totally loaded. The Braves are not in a situation where they're just like better than the Mets. They're, they're probably not better. And the Mets have been really hurt too, actually. And yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, if you look at the rosters up and down, like even with rose colored glasses, you can't tell me that the Braves are like flat out better than everybody else in the National League East. And now they have a three and a half game deficit and like kind of a cloud hanging over them. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Yeah. If, if some positive stories want to emerge here, that would be awesome. Austin Riley's Butch on, Robinson, for one. Yeah, I mean, really, you're you're going to need everybody who is healthy and performing to honestly stay healthy and continue performing. Um, they're going to need some of their young pitchers to, to step up and, and, you know, step in. And, and so far, they have done that to an extent. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a frustrating first two months and Hey, there's a hundred games to go. That's the beauty of baseball. You're never really out of it until the very end, but uh, they, they have to figure out some things and hopefully uh, with, with all, with this gigantic off the field distraction problem, whatever you want to call it. Um, hopefully they're able to just kind of pick up the pieces. And as the calendar flips to June, uh, they're able to figure a few things out. Yeah, so as we say, we're not going to go through everything that we normally would go through detail-wise. We'll get back to normal hopefully next week. But um, just as a matter of record-keeping, they called up Johan Camargo to replace um, Ozuna when he got hurt originally. Um, and the plan seems to be uh, Adrianza playing every day in left field for now with Heredia in center and Camargo as the utility guy. Uh, if I told you before the season that our that the Braves starting outfield was going to be Ronald Acuna, Adrianza and Heredia, you we, you would have thought I was insane, uh, and that's apparently <laughs> going to be happening. Yeah, um, yeah. They, I guess they could. They, you know, the other options that were out there, we probably spent a half hour on this in normal circumstances, but they could have gone to Riley in the outfield. They didn't want to do that. Um, it's, there's Enrique is still around. Uh, Pache had, I guess, a setback health wise this week. Um, Drew Waters, people, you know, there's all kinds of options, but uh, none of them are great at this moment in time. So, I don't know. We'll. Uh, <laughs> We'll leave it there now. But the the schedule, by the way, this week is not terribly uh, easy. I mean, they have four against Washington at home starting on Memorial Day, and then the Dodgers come to town. And they're not playing great, but the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. They're still loaded. So uh, they're home games. So maybe maybe there's something to get going in front of the home fans this week, but uh, not a lot of fun there. Uh, last thing we have to hit on, because it's just so weird, um, 
and it, it won't be as weird next week, so we have to do it now, uh, is the Mike Soroka update or non-update that transpired on Friday. Um, Brian Snicker, for those of you who didn't see this potentially, uh, went on MLB Network on the television side. So he's he's on the air and he's, he's on camera with, I believe, Chris Russo. And he said pretty definitively, and I think twice, that Mike Soroka is out for the season. But then within, I don't know, a half hour, maybe an hour at most, there were leaks to the beat writers saying that um, he was not actually out for the season, citing persons familiar with the situation. And then Snicker kind of fell on the sword at his media availability that day, saying that he'll be reevaluated again in two weeks. Um, that was weird. Not to, <laughs> I, I know we're not having a very lighthearted podcast, but uh, yeah, that, that was a very strange moment. And uh, people were asking me because I'm a reporter, but I wanted to know what you thought of that because you're you're not a reporter in the locker room. Did you find no. that as weird as everybody else did? Because I have my own yeah. reporter thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, it was very odd. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Snicker did not just pull that out of the air, out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but as you said, I mean, the Braves' PR folks moved quickly to inform Mark Bowman and Dave O'Brien and others that Soroka is not done for the year. As you said, Snit fell on the sword a little bit and said he misspoke. I don't know how you misspoke about something like that, but uh, I, I guess it happens. I don't know if it was the front office. I, I mean, my guess is, and I, I believe you feel the same way, my guess is it's the front office trying to position themselves a little better should they be engaging in trade discussions of some kind but it was just a weird situation all the way around and as you said it feels so small and insignificant following the last 48 hours but it was a it was an odd scenario all the way around yeah so i, I bring it up because it was a weird and b Sorg is obviously a big part of the team we we thought on the podcast that it's likely he's out for the season anyway i think everyone's kind of thought that and they just haven't said it out loud but um, to go from Snit saying he's quote down for the year and we'll hopefully get him back next year, which is pretty de- pretty definitive, to not within a couple of hours. Um, my thought was as as a reporter that you know, as soon as that coordinated leak happened, it was very clear where it came from and it was coming from the Braves directly to Bowman and Dob. The, the warning was pretty similar as well which is always a giveaway of that it's been fed and that's not, that's not on them. That's just, that's just the way the, the, the way things, these things happen. But um, I am still assuming Soroka is out for the season until otherwise, like I guess there could be a change, but, or maybe they think it's like possible he could pitch in, you know, September 20th. I think that's insane, honestly. Cause like for a guy who's been a guy who would have been out for that long, essentially without pitching, you know, even if he was quote unquote on track to be ready on October 3rd, like just shut the guy down. Like he does not gonna, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he would help you in the playoffs, but that's far away. So anyway, again, like, like we both said, it was not uh, the most important news, but there was, that was kind of a pretty big story. Even nationally that got some run um, before the weekend. So wanted to bring it up. Um, I don't know, Scott, that's probably enough for today. We're gonna go short, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, not not a fun week. We'd like to hopefully talk about normal baseball things a week from now on the show, um, and hopefully we'll pass along any other updates. Again, a big week. If the Braves were to go out and go six and one this week, they would feel a lot better about things, I'm sure. But uh, in the meantime, negative on the field, negative off the field, and uh, I guess it's uh, best to leave it there. Any final thoughts, Scott? No, as you said, I mean you have to from an on-field perspective. You hope that the fellas can kind of rally and get things figured out and, and 
again, there's still plenty of baseball to be played. You would hope that they have a, a handful of home games coming up here. The Nationals have had issues, and as you alluded to, the Dodgers have not been unstoppable by any means, so they are still very good and very talented. Um, you would hope that they, they start to translate some of this to on-field wins, and at the end of the day, winning winning puts a big Band-Aid on a lot of things. It's certainly not going to fix the uh, horrific happenings over the weekend with Marcelo Zuna, but as you just said, let's hope that in a week's time we can talk about some positive positive things happening on the field with the Braves and uh, and then, of course, just see where everything goes from here. Yeah, well said. Uh, keep it locked to TalkingJob.com where there's always written content. Uh, also to this podcast network where we are recording weekly as well as Road to Atlanta with Eric and the folks on the minor league side. That's been uh, coming the last few weeks and they're dialed into their groove as well. So subscribe and tell your friends all that fun stuff. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll be in a better mood next time around. And uh, we'll see you all next time.